Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. This week in Arsenal, the Gunners win the English Super Cup. Um, that's right. We uh, just played Manchester City in the, well, I guess, you know, the Community Shield, as everyone likes to call it. But it's the English Super Cup because we won it. If we'd lost it, it would have been just a friendly. Um, but yeah, really, um, you know, really fun day out. And, um, you know, Sash, uh, who, of course, you know, uh, you can follow uh, on Twitter at LT Arsenal. I'm Sham. You can follow me on Twitter at Shamsdale. Uh, Sash, that was a that was a fun game, my friend. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, it was a really nice game. I thought um, Arsenal played phenomenally well over the course of the 90 minutes. It was a greatly enjoyable match right from minute one, where I thought it was a game of chess for large parts of the first half. But I was really impressed with the way Arsenal played defensively and even offensively, barring maybe the finishing. I thought we really showed that we've come quite far in terms of playing against Manchester City and some of the mistakes that we made last season were not uh, repeated today. And I thought we really showed great defensive grit off the ball, didn't make many mistakes either. And for me, this is something that uh, we can take a lot of positives from. What were your thoughts yeah. on the game? Uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, um, I don't, you, you never want to put too much stock into this game. I mean, I, I, I do count it as a trophy, to be quite honest. But, you know, it's it's definitely more of a friendly than, you know, other games that we're going to play this season. But all that being said, you know, I think we took it seriously. And heading into the season where our primary competition for the Premier League is probably going to be Manchester City, where one of the teams that we're going to have to be better than to win the Champions League is Manchester City to go up against them head to head in you know for all intents and purposes a cup final and get the better of them especially after going down a goal you know to to come out on top after that I think it's a really nice psychological boost and you know these players after time and time again going you know running up against city and losing and 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 watching them win the things that we wanted to win I think you know, this will kind of send the message to them that we can do this, that we can beat them. So hopefully the next time we play them, you know, probably in the league, it's it's not going to have that much of um, it's not going to be that much of a weight, you know, mentally speaking and emotionally speaking. I think they're going to enter that match with more confidence. So, uh, yeah, I'm 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 really excited by that. 
No, absolutely. I think the key part from this game is that on a psychological level, I think we are in a stage now where maybe we won't crumble against Manchester City because historically, especially last season, it seemed to me like we were not able to handle the pressure. But I think, I know it's a community shield game. And if we lost today, I would have called it a pre-season friendly. But to be <laughs> honest with you, like um, getting and actually putting in a decent performance against them, I think it's a huge thing for us. And we have to take this into the league now. Arsenal haven't beaten Manchester City in the Premier League since 2015. It was 2015 November, I believe, or December. Uh, I think Walcott and Giroud scored. It was a long time ago, the last time Arsenal defeated City in the league. And now we have to take this um, into the Premier League. But I just want to get into the game now um, and actually discuss that at length because I thought it was a fascinating game between two sides with very similar philosophies, so as to speak. Mm -hmm. and the first 25 minutes were like a game of chess, you know, where I think City had most of the ball, but Arsenal had a really good defensive shape of the ball. Um, and the way we defended in that first um, 25 minutes, I thought was really admirable because uh, we were under pressure and City didn't really create much. I don't think Ramsdale had any save to make during that period. So they always say you ride out the storm um, and then express yourself. And I think that's what Arsenal did. We rode out a very difficult part of the match. And what we did after that was we started to grow into the game. And honestly, I think if you look at that first half, I believe personally that Arsenal were the better side. Like we had more um, like dangerous moments than Manchester City did. I think we could have had a couple of goals easily as well. I think Kai Havertz uh, should have scored a couple of goals. And if you're being honest, the score at halftime should have been 2-0 to Arsenal, despite City's dominance uh, for large parts uh, of the game. So I think the first half was really positive for me. Uh, but Sham, I want to know what you made of the first half because, you know, a lot of people were criticizing the club for the way we played in the first 25 minutes, saying, oh, look at us, we're not touching the ball. But if you mm -hmm. look at it objectively, I thought we were better. Like, we had more, like, interesting moments. We defended well. We had a good shape. And I think it was a lot of positives to take, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the first thing to remember right off the top is that you know, when you're playing Manchester City and Barcelona and Real Madrid, you know, and maybe Bayern Munich is still in that conversation as well. When you're playing the best teams in the game, it's not a given that you're going to be dominating possession, that you're going to be in control of the ball, you know, especially mm -hmm. at the outside, outside of the match. Sometimes it's just a matter of controlling the game without the ball and controlling those spaces, forcing the opponent to you know, play the ball into low value areas. And I think we did a really good job of that. You know, I, um, I really liked our pressing to begin with, you know, mm -hmm. I think we've all become accustomed to that, that four, four, two, uh, out of, out of possession shape that we have. I think to start this match though, I think it was more of, I think it was like a four, three, three, maybe the, the, the important part here is that Odegaard and Havertz, right? We're leading the press, both of them, and pressing really high. And coming up with them was Declan Rice, which I thought was really interesting, right? You had Declan Rice, you know, bum-rushing Ro uh, Rodri 
in in City's own third every time they tried to play out from the back through a goal kick or anything like that. And, um, you know, I think that is a really interesting tactic that Arteta went with there because, you know, again, Declan Rice, um, most interceptions, most tackles in the Premier League last season. So, you know, you're tr- he's clearly trying to win the ball high up the pitch and, you know, create those chances without doing as much work in possession. So I thought, I thought it was really interesting. And um, outside of that, you know, again, I think we looked really secure. Jurian Timber, we'll, we'll talk about him in a bit, uh, was just, you know, a brick wall on that left side defense. And, you know, when we did start growing into the game, you know, I think Odegaard had an excellent match and Havertz at center forward. Um, I, I will, I, I'll, I'll disagree slightly. I'm, I don't hold the first chance against him, but the second one, definitely, I think he should have scored that. This was a bit behind him, maybe. I, exactly, yeah. I think, I think he did a good job of turning that into something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the second one, definitely, I think he should have placed that shot a little better. But both of those chances, I think, were really encouraging because, you know, Havertz created that space in the penalty mm-hmm. box, which is something that we mm-hmm. love seeing from Jesus. And it's something that, you know, Eddie and Kedia can also do as well. And so, you know, Havertz kind of dummied his run a little bit where he had the city defenders thinking he was running towards the byline at the last second drops back towards the penalty spot and Saka, sorry, Saka plays the ball into him, uh, which I thought was really good. So yeah, it was, it was an encouraging first 45. I, I think the important thing here is to enter halftime feeling like you're in it. And we mm-hmm. for sure were in it. We were arguably the better team. You know, that's that's definitely something to that you could debate. But the the main thing is we were at least even with them. And, you know, nil-nil wow. um, at halftime did not feel like uh, we were lucky to be there or something like that. So it was, it was a very encouraging first half. No, absolutely. You know, I was a bit frustrated going into the half because against City, you don't always get chances. And when you get the chances, you want to take them. I had flashbacks from the game at the Emirates where I think Eddie had a few good chances in the first half, which he didn't take. And City obviously punished us uh, in the second half. And to be honest, the second half as well, I think we started quite well. I think Martin Odegaard was growing into the game. And somehow, whenever Odegaard plays well, Arsenal also play well. Um, I thought he started to grab the game by the scruff of the neck. Uh, he sent Kovacic back to Chelsea with that skill. Like that was <laughs> beautiful to watch. <laughs> that great that piece of skill. Yeah. And in general, I thought we were playing very well. We were expressing ourselves. We were, you know, going into the tackles with more intent than the first 25 minutes, where you can say we were a bit tentative. And Kai Havertz as well, as you mentioned, was also growing into the game. I don't think he had many touches. But I feel like all of the touches he had were really like valuable and he and mm-hmm. something came of it. Um, but I feel in the second half, he dropped off slightly. Personally, that's what I felt, slightly dropped off. I think Martinelli also did not have his best of games. Um, but still, I think we were functioning quite well. You know, it was still a very even match. Both sides were not creating much. But I think if you looked even in the second half, until Manchester City scored for those first 20 minutes. If you if you ask yourself which team is more likely to score at this very moment, I think we can both agree that it was Arsenal that looked the more likely of the two teams to score. But what happened, obviously, was Arteta made a substitution. He removed Timber, brought Tierney on. Um, 
and a lot of people seem to i don't know for some reason blame tierney they're like oh he should not have taken timber off but come on i just think that's a moment of brilliance and like i know ford and turns away from party and again people are blaming thomas party that but the way i'm viewing it is that forden is one of the best players in my opinion once he has the ball he's so quick and you cannot catch him thomas party was already on a yellow card as well so i think really you cannot blame anyone too much for that goal like even tierney people are like ah oh, he should not have allowed him to cut in but i think that's an insane finish like from cole palmer like sometimes as fans you just have to tell when an opposition player does well far play to you you actually scored a good goal and i think that's the case in city i don't think they deserved to be ahead based on the balance of play but they were ahead but sham what were your thoughts on the second half the way we started and also the goal it really seemed to me like it came totally against the run of play did you also see the same way yeah i just um i think with the goal city just um was it it was it was a restart off of off of a foul or something like that right or am i misremembering it i i think it yeah so i think or it came from a corner or something it was like a counter attacking situation i think where we had a lot of our players committed forward uh, yeah. i think and actually even in the goal side to cut you off that even in the goal i thought declan rice almost made an epic interception to prevent the ball from going to palmer in the first place he got a foot to it but yeah i could not prevent that but it was some counter attacking chance i think from what i remember yeah and they they just caught us at you know in a in a moment of a little bit of disorganization i do think i i'm not sure if that was the right move for party to be as far up the pitch as he was mm-hmm. but you know once foden got past him it's one of those things where again you know he is already on a yellow card very yeah. undeserved yellow card by the way i don't want to yeah, much I, I could not believe it this was like after 15 <laughs> minutes or something like what the hell like it's it's not even like he kicked the ball with some intent it's just like a i mean he didn't even mean to like waste time there like who wants to waste time after like 10 minutes like i don't get it like what the hell like was that it it really felt like one of those games and you know sorry about the tangent but it really felt like one of those games where they wanted to make a statement about some of the new rules that they've implemented yeah. this year the the FA so you know you had party kicking the ball away and he got a yellow i think city player also got a yellow for kicking the ball away um arteta pretty quickly got a yellow card for quote unquote antics in the uh technical area yeah so i think they were just you know trying to to make examples out of people but I mean I think we are the first team where the our manager gets booked when an opposition player commits a foul like how the hell did Rodri not get like a yellow card I Yeah believe. I I Rodri I the eighth wonder of the world is how Rodri does not get more yellow cards <laughs> I've I've watched this guy make some horrendous tackles um you know some potential career enders and just yeah. stay on the pitch after that so um yeah really interesting how how that works but you know with with party getting caught up the pitch against foden once foden spun him there really wasn't much party could do without risking gang sent off and um after that i think tierney's one mistake is that he you know he he got the ball really quickly and i think he just panicked slightly and yeah. tried to kind of just get the ball up the pitch without really thinking about where he was putting it granted a lot of things are happening he had two city players kind of coming you know like uh sprinting at him 
So it's not something I'm going to really hold against him too much. And then, you know, after that, Cole Palmer, I think, just really does does really well to lose him, put the ball into uh, the far top corner. It is what it is. You know, sometimes those are those are the goals that you're going to concede. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think until then we were playing pretty well. I think I think you're right in saying that Havertz had dropped off a little bit. His link-up play and um, his hold-up play, I think, were really good. But, um, yeah, he just things slow down a little bit for him. Um, I think Odegaard is running the show at that point. Uh, very much leading by example, and um, yeah, I think I think once City scored, you started to kind of feel that that um, what's what I'm looking for here that that feeling of like here we go again, you know, City are going to win that 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 feeling of inevitability started creeping back in to the yep. match where you just you know that City are going to win it somehow. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was it was really disappointing to see them score that way, but then we got to see some really interesting performances after that where, you know, um you had Smith Rowe, I think he had a really good cameo again today. I'm I'm increasingly excited to see what he does this season. I think he's um mm-hmm. really intent on, you know, restaking his claim in the team somewhere. And then Trossard, of course, you know, has had a magnificent preseason, continued that today. Uh, took that chance on, um, you know, kind of cutting in from the right flank, kind of dummy, dummied across for a second, lost his man, and then um, just shot a shot. Was it lucky? Yes. Still think we kind of deserved that at the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, all in all, you know, I think it was a slightly weaker second half. I think we didn't have as much control as we did in the first. Um, I think once De Bruyne came on the pitch, it was just a little bit more difficult for us. But, yeah, uh, all in all, you know, really, um, it was really convincing for me. I think this this preseason, you've had people kind of wondering about whether or not we're ready for the season to start. And I think that's really just been down to Arteta kind of experimenting a little bit, seeing what his options are with the versatility of this squad and and trying some things out and it not, not necessarily clicking immediately. So I think what we saw today is a better representation of what we can expect to start the season. And um, yeah, all in all, you know, strong performance throughout. Yeah, no, could not agree more, um, especially on the second half. I think after the goal, the fight back was really good from Arsenal. Um, Arteta changed to his famous 1-3-6 uh, formation with William Saliba taking charge of the full back for all by himself. And I think that's also testament to the player William Saliba is because not many defenders in the world can just be alone by themselves in that zone where you have guys like Alvarez, De Bruyne and all these guys running at you. But the way he handled those situations was just magnificent. The composure the guy showed, just wow. Like I was so in awe of how he played throughout the match. But especially when we were chasing the game and after that took off Gabriel, Tierney was overlapping, Ben White was overlapping and it was just Saliba at the back absolutely epic display from him but yeah. like you mentioned uh, you also mentioned that like the substitutes that came in Vieira Smithro I think their impact was really good the way they imposed themselves and they tried to make things happen uh, as fans that's what we want to see players trying to make things happen um, but it was not just these two I thought the real standout was Leandro Trossard like for me, Leandro Trossard is the best squad player in the Premier League, I think, right? He yeah. can cover three positions in attack. 
amazing down the middle as we saw last season when we went seven games uh, without losing he was getting an assist every other game really good on that left hand side as well um drifting inward and you know because of what he brings you can have a player like Tierney who overlaps he's also quite good as we saw in certain parts of pre-season playing as the 8 he's really good on those pockets of space so this what i see in this guy is that he's a really versatile player phenomenal work ethic has so much initiative with the way he plays superb at ball striking as well with either foot and yeah he gets limited minutes but when he gets the minutes he makes things count and yeah what a player like what a signing for like 25 million in january absolutely epic signing by arsenal epic signing and you know like i think martinelli should still start because he had like 15 league goals last season but as a manager it's going to be really hard to leave, leave out a player like trasad considering um how well he played and obviously all his efforts were rewarded again uh, with a well deserved goal which was uh, deflected um and i think it was well deserved for arsenal like let's be real i think arsenal probably edged the game and should have won it but you also had like the ford and chance uh, which ramsdale saved so maybe city could have also made it 2-0 so i think at the end both managers would probably say that yeah a draw in the end was a fair result like arsenal definitely didn't deserve to uh, lose that match and all of this basically culminated um, in a penalty shootout but before getting into the penalty shootout sham i just want to ask you like how you think our new signings got on because for me kai havertz as we already discussed was really good in that first half and he showed certain things that not many uh, arsenal players showed last season like i feel at certain points of last season we also needed a, an option who can collect the ball when we go long uh, but we always had to play it out from the back because we didn't have that player with the frame and physicality of someone like havertz and i think he showed in certain parts of the first half what he can bring but i also want to get your thoughts on declan rice and jurian timber uh, and we can first start off with declan rice i just don't get one thing like people on social media don't seem to understand what declan rice is about and what he brings on a football pitch like they expect him to be the guy that's having the ball and constantly breaking the lines i've i've seen some united fan of course these are wind up merchants say stuff like mctominay <laughs> is better than rice like what the actual hell like sometimes you should watch the game the way declan rice reads the game he's always in the right position that first 25 minutes without declan rice on the pitch Arsenal definitely conceded a few chances. Our block was super solid and this in large part was down to Rice I think playing the way he did. Um I'll also touch upon this more in the tactics segment which I will do tomorrow. Uh and Rice actually didn't play super advanced always. He was almost playing as the 6 like as the second 6 next to Thomas Partey at times which I think is his best position off the ball. and city didn't really create much and i think this was in large part due to declan rice's positioning um off the ball and i thought he had a really solid game um he grew into the match his role kept growing and there were a couple of instances where i think in one instance the way he tracked back and won the ball back from bernardo silva 
That's exactly what our midfield was missing last season. A guy who can come, get stuck in and win the ball against the best of teams. We didn't have a player like this in our team. But Declan Rice is that player. He's at Arsenal to win the ball back, to drive forward with the ball and for his leadership. And I think today was just a little taster of what is to come. Uh, what are your thoughts, Sham? How did you see his performance? Yeah, I thought he was really good today. Um, I, how do I put this? I, I think, well, first of all, don't, I think United fans, and I think Chelsea fans are entering this bracket too, from um, based on what a lot of them have been talking about this summer. Just don't listen mm-hmm. to United fans. If you're a United fan, you kind of almost automatically don't know what you're talking about when you discuss football. But I think the thing to remember about Rice is that he's not going to immediately come in and be this world-class six. But I think that's mm-hmm. going to happen eventually. But right now, I think we're just easing him into the team. We're working on building those relationships, trying to you know steep him in those Arteta ball tactics. And, you know, just... Overall, don't put him in a position where, you know, he's going to have the entire burden of the team on him, right? With with Thomas Party, we signed Party in his prime, and it took him over a year to figure out how to play that sixth position to a high level. So Rice is also going to need some time as well. But I liked him a lot. He played something of a Jaka uh, yeah, esque role today, where, you know, he was moving up the pitch, he was combining on that left wing. He, I think, you know, obviously he's a better carrier than Jack is. So he had some good moments where he was carrying, beat some uh, city players, um, you know, got the ball on the edge of the box a couple times, although I think he needs to work on his shooting a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, I think he was really good in that respect. And then he just covered a lot of ground in, in total. You know, he was going up the pitch, but, you know, I think what we're going to see a lot this summer, or sorry, this not the summer, this season is we're going to have center backs carrying the ball forward more often. And so you saw that happen, especially with Gabriel this, uh, uh, in this match today, where Gabriel would take the ball into midfield. There were a couple times where Gabriel even was, you know, almost entering city's third. And what Rice would do in those situations is he would drop back into, you know, that left center back position. And then when Timber made his way forward, Rice would drop back into that left back position as well. So he was doing a really good job of not only, you know, being an outlet and being, uh, you know, an option to combine with for the likes of Martinelli and, um, and, and Havertz up in the final third, but he was also a guy who was ensuring defensive security whenever, you know, our defenders would get involved in the attack as well. So I think he, um, I think he displayed his intelligence today. I think there's um, definitely some tactical nous involved with the way he played today. And yeah, overall, I'm, I'm really pleased with how he's doing and, and yeah, I just think it's a matter of time before he takes over that sixth position. Where, but we're we're gonna have to wait. That's the thing. Um, and yeah, I uh, he definitely played his role today in in winning his first title with Arsenal. So congrats to Declan. Yeah, I just realized as well that he won more in one game with Arsenal than Tottenham <laughs> have since two thousand seven. So that's over fifteen years. Um, and yeah, in fact, I'm going to be totally shameless and say two trophies in two games, Emirates Cup, Community Shield, totally worth um, the 100 million for me. Um, we have Nick who's tuning in, by the way. Uh, he asks me, I think, how's it going? My German is not so good. Thank you, Nick, for tuning in. It's great to see you here. 
thank you and welcome to this week in arsenal um i know the youtube channel's name is still lt arsenal but we're going to rebrand it to this week in arsenal um and have like this weekly show where we come after every match and discuss games um we also have other content plans so stay tuned for that like we're going to analyze the tactics of every single match and sham has some amazing ideas as well that he's coming with around content and yeah basically to create stories out of what is going on at this football club and i think you guys are going to enjoy what's coming so thank you for for your support uh, and for tuning in and for your comment um yeah it means a lot to us and on that note i just want to also speak about timber who was the who was the third signing uh, this summer i thought he probably is the guy who has adapted the most so far and he sort of did say this when he joined arsenal that the playstyles in ajax and arsenal are quite similar so like maybe he didn't have much to adapt obviously he has to adapt to the physicality of the league like playing against man city is different from i don't know playing against psv no disrespect to psv i st- i think this league is a big step up obviously over the dutch league so i do think that he has to adapt maybe physically but tactically sham he's really impressed me like don't you also think so like the way he was receiving the ball under pressure in midfield at times the way zinchenko does although i know arteta still used him a bit high and wide and not made him totally inward but he seems to be able to play a plethora of roles and defensively seems really good he also has a bit of bite about him where he wants to make that tackle to win the ball back so he's sort of a ball winner as well i think he's another really interesting player and i'm very very excited to see how he could be groomed because this is his first few appearances where he's shown some really interesting qualities and what we know is players under arteta get better especially the players that he wanted and he bought literally every single player almost has developed over time and the early signs from timber is quite positive isn't it sham oh 100% i um he looks like he's been playing with us for at least a year already and um Yeah, I mean I I think he's very quickly becoming a favorite among the fan base and and for for good reason. I I would go so far as to say that he almost had a perfect performance today. I'm, you know, I've been racking my brains uh, as we've been recording and I've been trying to think of, you know, a single foot he placed wrong and the only thing I can think of mm-hmm. is that pass that he misplaced right before he was subbed off in the second half. That's it. Other than that, you know, he um he was he's driving forward with the ball he was combining on the left flank he was dropping into positions that he was needed in um you know there was um there was one moment i forget which half this was in unfortunately but there was one moment where we had defended a corner against city and you know the ball had left the penalty box and we we're you know coming back out um you know kind of regaining our shape trying to you know close up the pitch a little bit and there was a big gap you know kind of on the right uh, on the right side in front of our defense so timber you know seeing that we had someone on the left timber slotted in basically as an inverted right back for a second played and combined with sack a little bit before jogging back to his his original role and defensively again brick wall you know i 
the, he he snapped into his tackles really well. He blocked. I lost track of the number of crosses that he blocked as well. And um, he was he was winning headers in the box. There was one diving header that he made to clear the ball out for a corner uh, when mm-hmm. it had been played in a really dangerous situation. Yeah, he was great. Um, I I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when Zinchenko returns. Because at that point, Arteta, I think, is really going to have a decision to make where you have to pick two of White, Zinchenko, and Timber. So who are you going to go with at that point? Which is what you want. You you want players, you know, forcing managers into those decisions and and knocking on the door of the team. So I I think he's been absolutely excellent, and um, you know he seems really happy to be here. And and yeah, I I just um, I I don't think I could have asked for much more than than his performance today. And I'm I'm really growing to um, you know he's he's hitting name on the back of the next shirt I buy status. So yeah, pretty pretty excited about him. No, that's a good sign. I think definitely when we're speaking like this about a new signing hitting the ground running, I think it's a positive sign of uh, what's to come. And yeah, I think, as you mentioned, that was the situation where he also inverted and played uh, as the right back, which was quite fascinating. And I think this is what positional play is also about. You want players capable of operating in different zones. Um, And I think Timber has the qualities to operate in different areas and what this does is it, you know, allows a constant interchange of positions. It makes us, I think, more dynamic. And I'm super excited for this guy as well because I'll be honest with you, like, I don't want to make this about Zinchenko, but, like, I don't think Zinchenko at left back is a very sustainable strategy because, firstly, he's very injury prone and there are many games where, you know, he's not, he doesn't defend particularly well and he gets hooked off after 50, 60 minutes and I think Timber is really good defensively. I think he has an advantage against these left-footed wingers who cut in because he's right-footed. He's able to basically stop them. And we sort of saw this when Tomiyasu was against Salah last season and Maitland-Niles was up against Mares in 2020 FA Cup. Somehow right-footed wingers seem to do quite well against left-footed wingers. And I think Timber is a very interesting solution potentially at left back. My only reservation for this might be that on that left-hand unit, we have Martinelli, we have Rice, and we have Timber. That's like three right-footers in that left channel, if you want to call it that way. And I wonder sometimes if that might have like some impact, having three right-footers there. Maybe it does, maybe it does not, but... I want to see more of that because at times that unit looked a bit disjointed today, I felt, because I just think somehow a left-footer playing that, at least one left-footer, whether it was Xhaka before or a more natural option like Zinchenko Tierney, I just think they give more angles. Like we saw when Trossard came on, he comes on the inside, Tierney goes on the outside and this that dynamic is there. It was mm-hmm. not perfect, I felt, for some parts of like the first half and early second half. But I think this is something to work on. But as you mentioned, what Timber brings uh, is versatility. And yeah, could not honestly ask for more than that. Now, finally, we come... Yeah. Oh, sorry to cut you off. I I, I just wanted to add, I think Zinchenko is a player who... Well, I I think you're... I think what what we're going to see is with Timber and Zinchenko, they're going to feature based on the situation in front of us, right? I Mm -hmm. think Timber is starting against Liverpool. And whenever we come up against a team with a with a good left-footed right winger, 
I think Timber's going to feature in those games. But, you know, conversely, I think if we are going to play a match against a team that we know are going to sit back in a deep block and pack their box and try to hit us on the counter, I think Zinchenko plays at that point because you kind of you want more of that control over the ball. You want someone yeah. who's able to pull the strings and 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 unlock that um, that deep block. So it really depends on I think what the situation is going to be. But I I definitely agree with um you know with your take that Zinchenko is not a guy who we can just start every single game yeah. and roll out and and treat as that kind of player. You know, not just because of you know his injury history, but also because I just I trust Timber more defensively than Sinchenko. And you know, I every once in a while I remember that that Trent nutmeg, and you know, I just PTSD <laughs> from that <laughs> tough tough times, tough sell. But yeah, you know, I yeah. I just think there are there are situations where you're going to be making that judgment call and doing that risk assessment, and you're just going to want Timber there to to be able to prevent situations like that and then there are going to be situations where the risk is worth it and you'll play Zinchenko and you know he'll pull the strings and be the playmaker in the middle third and and that's great too so it's um I think the important thing is that we have the options and we don't have to just rely on one player who may or not be able to perform to you know those requirements yeah no absolutely could not have said it better myself um, we have a comment from Martin Doherty. Thank you for your comment. He says Timber needs to play right back. This is quite interesting. I I would agree with you. I think right back is his best position. But does he get in ahead of Ben White? I'm not sure about that. The way White played today as well was exceptional. Um, so I guess the think- dilemma then is how does he, how do you fit Timber and White? I think he'll play at right back. He'll definitely get minutes there, but hmm. you know, I don't think he's going to play over white. You know, I think if white's available and we're playing in a cup final or a title decider, white's going to start there. But you know, if white's unavailable or if uh, Arteta kind of feels the need to rest him or rotate him, then I think Timber's the next man up in that case. He'll Timber's going to play in a bunch of different positions. It's, it's not just left back. He'll play left back. He'll play right back. I wouldn't be surprised if he played right center back a few times no, this season. And and he'll also play different versions of those roles. Sometimes he'll be an overlapping right back. Maybe he'll invert a couple games, you know. So he's going to do a lot of different stuff. Yeah, no. no. I, but I agree with Martin's point that maybe he's better right-sided, definitely, than left. I think that's quite clear. Also, the way he drives forward with the ball, Sham, you made this point about potentially playing inverted or overlapping. I think the fact that he can do both is such a big plus for us, honestly. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, having players who can do that, it's, it's not so common to find a player like Timber in the market and to get him wrapped up for 40-something million. Wow, what an absolute steal that was. And, yeah, I'm glad that he's um, at Arsenal. So on this note, I want to finally touch upon the penalty shootout, which um, was quite good, to be honest, quite refreshing. It's not like the usual penalty shootouts that Arsenal have had uh, recently. Um, It it actually went quite well, I thought. I thought all our penalties were really good. Um, And Ramsdale, obviously, with a decisive save, Sham. Like, people said Ramsdale cannot stop penalties. 
he, he's this keeper who always lets penalties pass him, blah, blah, blah. But in the last couple of games, of course, the Emirates Cup is totally irrelevant and we don't really care about that. But he showed that he can save penalties. Like, today's save, I thought, was well-read. And ultimately, he won us the game, you know, in the penalty shootout. And that's what you want from your keeper, don't you? Yeah, no, 100%. He didn't just win the game in the shootout. He won the game in regular time, too. You know, I think he made some really important yeah. saves. Yeah. No, that's, there, that's uh, missed that. there was that there was that point-blank header from John Stones that he stopped pretty well. And then there was another header from a corner. Is at the near post. I want to say it was Ruben Diaz who got there. But the, a header came in from the near post, and he, you know, had a really nice dive to, you know, stop it and 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 hit it out for a corner as well. So I was really interested to see his performance today in light, you know, of those connections to David Raya, which, you know, at this point, I think I'd be pretty surprised if we didn't sign him. Yeah. And I just wanted to see how that would impact Ramsdale's performances. And I think today was a pretty good answer in terms of, you know, Ramsdale's not going to give up. He's not going to see Raya coming in and, you know, decide that his time as the starting keeper is over. Arteta doesn't like him anymore, yada, yada, yada. No, I think Ramsdale is going to fight for his place. Ramsdale is going to act as the number one until he is, you know, definitively told he is not the number one anymore. And um, yeah, this was, this is him responding to the pressure in a big, big way. So uh, yeah, I was um, I was really impressed by him. Actually, I I feel really bad for him actually because ever since the Raya news came out, I feel like everyone has suddenly decided to retcon what we've seen the last two years from him yeah. and and act like he's not good at you know the things that we've watched him be good at for two years. Um, one of the ESPN commentators, he played uh, Ramsdale played a pass and it got intercepted by I think De Bruyne. You know, late on in yeah, the game. Yeah, once they pass, he played in the second half, yeah. Yeah, and one of the commentators said, yeah, well, we know is not good at that. Like, like yeah, unironically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, what yeah, the and hell? I was, <laughs> and I was sitting there like, are you serious right now? Yeah. The whole reason we're here is because he's good at that. Um, not the whole reason, but a big part of it. And um, yeah, so, you know, I think he's he's going to have a lot of work to do to reconvince people of his ability, but yeah, he was excellent today. He uh, had a really good save. I'm, I'm also going to pretend that he put off De Bruyne into uh, clanging that shot off the underside of the, the crossbar. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Really good performance from him today. Not, um, I, I think he had a really solid game when he needed to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also that little bit of a fluky save off Foden, which I think went underneath his leg, but he still saved it. The save is the save. doesn't matter yeah. if you intend to make the save or not. As long as it hits some part of your body and doesn't go into the back of the net, you've saved it. So that's, 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 that, that's, the, that's the whole point. That's what they coach you. You know, even if you don't mean to, you're, you're, you're extending your body in a way where, you know, you're yeah. maximizing your chances of, of stopping the ball going in. So, Yeah, absolutely. Now, now finally, I want to also speak about like, like the conclusions that we can draw from this game and mm -hmm. who your standout players are and what are the positives and like negatives we can take uh, going into the season. For me personally, as we mentioned at the start of the podcast, that 
what made this win important for us and i know we didn't win in terms of the scoreline but we defeated city and won a trophy whatever you say about the community shield it's still a trophy it's still a piece of silverware and to win against city something this team has not done in a long time was i think refreshing and that's the first like real positive that i can take from this game but i also think the other positive is the balance we showed throughout the game like we didn't make many mistakes today even the goal we conceded was a screamer we attacked quite well we should have taken our chances but all in all i thought this was a really good performance really balanced display it filled me with a lot of composure and an optimism going into the season because honestly before this match like whether it's the emirates cup game or even like the united game i felt like i was going into the season with more questions than answers but i think today really showed that no actually this team has something about them we added the right pieces and you can see glimpses of what our new signings are bringing in bringing in as well and i think that's a huge uh, plus point but on the players who played well today i think i have to name most of the team ramsdale was excellent ben white was phenomenal saliba was great gabriel didn't have much to do but i thought he was pretty good as well timber was composed party raised and odegaard sensational i thought all three of them had periods in the game where they really imposed themselves which was good to see i think saka was okay by his standards not amazing same with martinelli not his best game in my opinion uh, but havertz showed a lot of positive uh, touches in the first half and then the substitutes trossard uh, fabio vieira uh, and smithro and tierney to a lesser extent but i thought the substitutes impacted the game well and did what they have to do so all in all yeah i'm going in with a lot of positivity for this one the only negative i have really is decisiveness and arteta speaks about this a lot being efficient in the boxes when you get the chance you have to take it um that's my only criticism because th- at this level the margin for error is so slim you have to take your chances when you get them against a team like city like havertz yeah this is an area he should also get better at like the clinicality or whatever in front of goal is something he's always been a bit iffy so if he can add that to his game by he takes these chances because he can take these chances he's technically a phenomenal player it's just about him getting these things to go in you know and i think he can do it um and it's just i think a matter of time but all in all i think a lot of positives uh, to take uh, going into the season sham how do you see it yeah i i think i'll highlight three standout performers and um the first one we'll we'll go back to ramsdale you know again um a lot of uncertainty over his long-term future right so i think today was a day for him to come out and show that he is not at the very least he's not going to go down with a fight but more importantly that he deserves to continue being the number one goalkeeper at arsenal and i think he did that again some really big saves uh you know some good distribution and uh a save and a penalty shootout which you know has kind of been something of a bugbear for him so yeah really really good from him and then on top of that i think martin odegaard you know this preseason he's been a little up and down at times i thought today he was phenomenal you know i um i really think he rose to the occasion and and odegaard is a guy who I think really takes the armband seriously. 
and um, you know really strives to to lead by example and to play like a captain. I think he definitely did that today. Uh, he absolutely barbecued Kovacic on the right flank, and um, you know he had some really lovely combinations. It was really difficult to get the ball off of at times. It almost looked like Kazorla out there. And yeah, definitely, definitely ran the show when Arsenal needed someone to step up. And then the third is Leandro Trossard. And, um, you know, in the NBA, they have something called a sixth man, right? So you have the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth man, uh, which is, you know, the guy who always comes off the bench and makes, uh, makes an impact. They even have an award for it, the sixth man of the year. And for me, Leandro Trossard, you know, you, you you said this earlier on in the pod. I think Leandro Trussard is the best sixth man in the Premier League right now. And, um, you know, he he's such a versatile player. He, he can come off and play in a variety of different positions. We've seen him play at center forward to great effect. He came on originally at left wing, took over from Martinelli there. I think he looked good. But then, you know, one thing I noticed is when we were basically throwing the kitchen sink at City and we had Saliba as you know, the single center back and we had, you know, Smith Rowe and, and Kedia and fat and Vieira and Trossard and all those guys. I noticed that we went back to that, that shape that we first saw against Nuremberg where Vieira was on the right wing basically. And then Trossard was on the left wing, even though they were both functioning as eights, they were stretching that pitch um, as well. So, you know, even, even in the space of what was it like 20, 25 minutes, Trussard was, um, you know, just being deployed in a number of different ways and um, had a very emphatic penalty as well. So, you know, I think we're starting to move towards playing with pods of players. You know, if you've, um, for, for those of you who have been paying attention during preseason, you'll notice that certain players play together more often than others. Um, so, you know, I think we had Trussard, Smith Rowe, and Tierney all come on basically at the same time together. That's a pod, you know, Trussard and and Havertz and Jesus was a very effective pod, um, you know, earlier in preseason. So, you know, the fact that he plays well with so many different combinations of players, I think means he's going to get on the pitch more often. He's going to get a lot of minutes this season. So, um, you know, once again, he he had another phenomenal preseason game, although I, I guess this is basically the start of the season. Um, but, you know, heading into the start of the season officially next next week, Trussard is about as in form as it gets. And um, we're going to need him to be in that form. We're going to need, you know, other players who are on the bench like, you know, Smith Rowe and Kivior and, um, you know, probably Timber at times and in Kedia as well. We're going to need all those guys to be sharp. So um, it's highly encouraging. And um, yeah, he's just a phenomenal player. I'm He makes me happy that we missed out on Mudrik. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I cannot, I cannot believe, first of all, that Tottenham, they were interested in Trossard that January and they bid like 12 million for him, for Trossard. And <laughs> I, could, I, I was like, oh my God, imagine if Spurs ended up getting him because... He would be playing week in, week out for them. And I think he would be really good for them if he ended up signing. So I think that was a really opportunistic type of signing. But obviously, he had a fallout with Deserby the month before. And we were surveying, looking for that white player. And yeah, he had an instant impact. And he's also carried that on into this season. So 
absolutely gassed for him. Very intrigued to see if he ends up actually starting more games for Arsenal. Somehow feel like I don't know how to say it, but like I feel like we somehow play better with him on the pitch. I don't know what it is. Like when he's there, he just seems to combine well with everyone, no matter who is playing on the pitch. And Sham, I think you made this point as well that the cup competitions maybe will see some players who are not regular starters playing together, and so the associative qualities like of the players become important. And we actually were discussing this on the last podcast that we did with uh, Alex, and I think. Trossard typifies that player, you know, he, he's able to play irrespective of whether he has familiarity with said player or not. So, cracking by and yeah, let's see uh, if he can carry this form into the season. I'm sure he's going to uh, do that. But the most important thing is we have options now, something we didn't have last season. Uh, and I have to say on that note, I'm really excited for what this season has to bring. I think the challenge for Arsenal this season will be how we start the season, whether we can get the signings to adapt and hit the ground running and make sure we're still getting the points on the board whilst they adapt. But whatever it is, I think the second half of the season, we will be really strong because the adaptation would have happened um, and the young players will also continue to grow. And um, I know we touched upon this briefly, but even someone like Fabio Vieira is looking really good um, in the last couple of games, imposing himself really a lot more than he used to before. So, I think exciting times ahead. Um, we've suffered a lot as a fan base, but I think now we're entering a really exciting and special period. Um, and with the Premier League starting next weekend, I hope all the listeners or viewers of uh, the show will enjoy the last week where they can be stress-free because, yeah, the football is about to start, Sham. <laughs> I'm excited, yeah. And it's. Yeah. I think I think a really nice thing is, you know, we're not getting thrown into the deep end with our schedule this time around. So, you know, we're starting off with Nottingham Forest, which I think is um, is going to be really beneficial for us. Sash, I think you've uh, frozen a bit. Oh, there you yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No worries. We're saying about getting thrown into the deep end. Oh yeah, no. I was just saying that um, you know we're starting off with Nottingham Forest this uh, you know next week, so you know we get to we get to ease in a little bit, and uh, you know it's not like we're playing uh, City or Liverpool, right? Like our our first three matches are Forest, Crystal Palace, and then Fulham. Please don't jinx it, please. Oh God, don't say stuff no. Like I'm it. I'm not going to say anything more than that, but I'm just saying you know that's that's doable. That's you know. Um, it's not scary immediately. You know, we don't, we don't have to, we don't have to be at our best immediately against like United or, or, or city or Liverpool or anything like that. So, you know, I think um, it's looking good, you know, it's, it's looking good to start the season. It's looking good. Brev. Have you seen that? meme? Of <laughs> yeah, it's looking good. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that's a really good point to end this podcast. It's been a really nice evening to see Arsenal win a trophy. I know it's not a big trophy, but it's something to start to get the ball rolling again. It's great to see us win. And also thank you all for those who tuned in. Um, and thank you all for listening. It really means a lot. And for your comments as well, it, it means a lot to us. We have some big things planned, so stay tuned uh, with that. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Arsenal. And you can find Sham on Twitter at Shamsdale. 
Um, he actually likes Aaron Ramsdale, but that's, he just puts Sham with whatever player he likes <laughs> in a said month. So maybe the act will change. But for now, it's Shamsdale. So please check I, him out. I used to do it more often. Then I would message you and be like, and you'd just be like, wait, it took me a second to remember who I was talking to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, he has so many identities. But yeah, for now, you can find Sham on Twitter at Shamsdale. Uh, you can check out our podcast as well on Twitter at This Week Arsenal. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, again, this week in Arsenal. And yeah, we'll be doing this every week. We're going to be really regular with this. And we really enjoy doing this and discussing uh, Arsenal in your years. So on that note, thank you guys for tuning in once again. And we will see you all after we win the Premier League's first game against Nottingham Forest. So until then, take care, stay tuned. And once again, thank you uh, for tuning in. Bye, guys.